Hey everyone, today I am talking with Mr. Bob Munns. Bob is a friend of mine who has been to more original strength workshops than anyone I know, almost including myself. And there was a time when I was really certain that he had been to more workshops than I had, and I was teaching most of them. Um, interestingly enough, Bob also has a tattoo of the original strength logo on his leg. Anyway, Here's a fun conversation with a, a good buddy that I haven't seen in quite a while, and there may be some movement nuggets in here along the way. Pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm with one of my favorite palindromes, Mr. Bob Munz. Bob, thanks so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. So, Bob, I believe I first met you at the very first official original strength workshop in Modesto, California in 2012. Is that right? No, that's not true. Ah, oh, when was well, it? I guess, oh, well, we went, I was at a couple bulletproof vests. One in Massachusetts was your second ever. Ah, I think your yes. first one was in Virginia. And then we, then we uh, got together in Chicago. Paul Linksco uh, posted that one in the Chicago suburbs and then I got to Modesto so okay so that was that, that was where I was going with that so my right in the first five years of original strength even though I was teaching all the workshops I think you were actually at more workshops than I was <laughs> uh probably yeah so okay so what brought you like so your first workshop at, a, at OS and then all the consecutive ones what brought you there the first time well let's see I had just turned 60 and um, as with a lot of people just turning 60 you worry about okay I could be when I in a few years I'm going to retire and I could retire to the couch and quickly deteriorate or I could do something about it and continue to live a full active life. And I chose plan B there. And uh, got to looking around, I was good friends with Jeff Newport. And uh, he helped you get, he, the two of you guys got to the book, becoming Bulletproof together. And then it went from there. So, so you ended up though at like, I don't know, let's say it's probably not even an exaggeration at close to 30 workshops. What? what? Uh, well, <laughs> you might be right. I might be right. I don't know. <laughs> what, what caused you to go to so many of the workshops? Because that you you were a bit different. Well, it, it was fun going all the early ones where you had you and Jeff, and you're making it up on most of it on the fly because you, you know, you see what was it? Uh, oh, diaphragmatic breathing. You couldn't pronounce that one for for the first two or three. So. Uh, <laughs> I did. I have definitely well, got an education through through teaching workshops for sure. <laughs> I, I, there's one story I got to bring up. The, the the we were in Chicago, the second workshop, and there's a young man, and all morning long he talked about he was a semi-pro football player, and he was really proud of the fact that he played semi-pro football, and he'd thrown his hip out, and then we get into the afternoon part of the day, and he still telling us about how he prayed and he finally asked the question about you know why, why did I throw my hip out I think it was Jeff that asked him well do you tape your ankles and it's all of a sudden the light the light bulb went off and it's like well yeah I said well your hip is trying to do what your ankle was meant to do and he left 
we had like an hour left in the class and he got the answer to the one question that he wanted and left and it was like oh wow it's like so that was the aha moment but uh yeah it was so yeah you learn something new every day so don't tape your ankles <laughs> i i remember that and that was very that was a that was it was cool uh, with his eureka moment and it was yeah. it, it was very funny that he left though because you're right he got what he wanted to know when he was out of there yeah yeah and I, so yeah that was that was probably the biggest aha moment or then in modesto where you've got um we're we're dragging chains for the first time and mike susa who's probably one of the strongest men you'll ever meet He's dragging like 200 pounds of chains up and down the floor of his gym there. And okay, well, that's fine. But then right behind him is this little woman. She couldn't have weighed 80 pounds soaking wet. And she's dragging the same chain. And it's like, this is impressive. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. And what I remember about that uh, workshop too is you were pushing the sled and Jeff told you to raise up your head. And as soon as you did your power output on that sled, oh, yeah. like the, the sled just oh, yeah. got light. Like, yes, it was. It was like, okay, drop your head and it slows down. Pick up your head, it takes off. It's like, yep. And then I've gone to a lot of workshops where I'm helping people out. And, and a lot of people have been told to keep a neutral neck. And they're trying to swim or they're trying to crawl. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like, there's nothing good sitting there between your hands. And it's like, your neck was made to move, you know, you know, reset number two is neck nods. You're moving your neck. It's like picking your head up, but you know, it's made to do that. And so like, but they got to keep that neck rigid and like, no, or you see a lot of people when they're swinging a kettlebell, they're looking down all the time. It's like, well, might as well sit there and look at a phone all day because you're doing the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Um, and it, that, but that, that's part of the, the, that is the cool part of going to the workshops and seeing everybody move in person, because that's, that's where I would learn too, is like how the body reacts to different positions and, and things that you do, even the smallest things. Well, yeah, that's true. I, um, well, every time you go to one of these workshops, you learn something. And I'm sure you're the same way, even when you're presenting, you learn something. And we also wrapped vacations around these. So we would go wherever for a Saturday workshop. And then some of them were Saturday and Sunday. The Modesto one was the first two day or one, the two day one that you had. And then we'd spend another, the rest of the week just traveling around the neighborhood. So for example, Massachusetts, we got up into up into Maine and New Hampshire and all of the New England. And it was a great time of year. If, if you want to go anywhere nice, go to New England in October. But um, Modesto, the weather was, what was it, 120 degrees that day? They had a heat record that day, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, and then part of our, you know, after, after we got done with OS, then we went to, um, we traveled around, we got up to Sacramento, and then we went into uh, Monterey. And I had done basic training in the Army back in the early 70s at Fort Ord in Monterey and sort of wanted to see that again. Well, the, the fort doesn't exist anymore since they decommissioned the thing back in the early 90s. But it was, it was really interesting to drive past. And you well, yeah, I've seen all those sand dunes out there before. So it was just a matter of, okay, learn something, get to meet really fine people, really fine people. You and you, you're included in that. 
and then <laughs> get get to um, have an excuse for a nice trip for our vacation. So um, that's what that was all. That was that was sort of you know there's a, a two edged sword there. All Learn right. something, meet nice people, and then spend the time in some country that you had never seen before. So one of the one of the reasons I was asking about that is because typically um, fitness professionals or um, body professionals go to to the workshops a lot, yeah. um, and you are also a bit different in that you are a, a math teacher. That amongst several other things, yes. So yeah, started, give us a little I, bit of your I background. Start, okay, well, <laughs> I started my professional career as a math teacher, so I ta I taught high school math for about twenty some years, and then. Um, started the uh, computer science curriculum here at, at, at the school here. And uh, so for 15 or so years, I was teaching nothing but computer science programming, et cetera. And then in the mid nineties, we got to the point where we had so many computers in, in the district that we had like five, 600 computers that somebody had to get on top of it and keep track of what's going on and, and keep everything running. So I applied for that job. And so for about 15 years, I was the IT director for the school district. So I was never a, a fitness professional. Uh, I dabble in it. I teach class. I taught classes at the Y and with kettlebells and some, and I taught some OS classes there. And, and I taught, um, I taught OS to, uh, in some junior high PE classes. And when you get to the cross body movements, either, you know, cr you know, crawling, whatever, or, you know, knee, touching the knees, you could tell immediately those kids that did not crawl as infants, they just didn't have it. And it, it's like, they're, they're struggling, you know, especially if you try to go, if you try to crawl, or if you try to, uh, you know, skip sideways, you know, that, that just completely, they, they can't do it. it the, the arms are, you know, it's always, in, they're never contralateral and so on. And it's just, yep, you didn't crawl as a baby. Maybe you should get down on the forest, learn to crawl now because you can learn and it'll help you so much later. But uh, yeah, it's amazing teaching this stuff too, that, you know, what you see and, and you could point all the way back to, okay, when you were eight months old, you weren't crawling. So you said when, when you first went to a workshop, you were 60 years old. Yeah. Um, how, how, how old are you now? I'm 68. 68. Well, I, I guess I maybe was late fifties when I first went, I was first time I went to a kettlebell cert down with, uh, in Nashville, I was 61. I think, I think I was the oldest one there. So at 68 right now, um, and I think you're, are you, you're retired from the school district? For five years, yes. I taught for, I was in the district for 40 years. So yeah, I've been out of the, out of it for five. And you have a shirt on right now that says, I like golf and cycling. And so that's, that's very true. The bottom part ticks my wife off. It says, and three people. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she assumes she's not one of the three, but uh, <laughs> So, so how do you, okay. So now that you're retired and you're 68 years young, what, what are the things that you do to keep yourself going and to keep yourself uh, young, mobile and healthy? Well, when the weather's good, I play golf. Well, I, I, every morning there's, I start every day with resets. 
And I, I was kind of interested in Danny's uh, email that she sent yesterday with, uh, if you get tired of the basics, I, I kind of chuckled at that's like, nah, that, that's all I do. I like, you know, I know how you can progress these things, you know, and I used to do all these progressions with all the crawling and up and down hills and dra dragging chains and such. But uh, right now it's just breathing, neck nods, rolling and so on. And then, so I'll do that for about a half an hour every day. And then I'll do a set of kettlebells four or five days a week. And then uh, in the afternoon, I'll ride a bicycle. And right now with the weather kind of crappy, the bicycle is inside. So, so pretty know. much every day you keep yourself moving though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I've got probably two hours a day of what some people might call exercise. I don't know if I'd call it exercise, but I am moving and heart rate going and everything else for at least two hours a day. And then in the that's, summertime, I'll that, play golf about five or six times a week in the summertime. So, uh, oh, wow. And so, you know, you were talking about uh, staying with the basics and stuff. So I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I've done all, you know, I've done, I've progressed all the, the resets too, but right now I, I gravitate still towards the simple and uh, cause, cause the basics just always work. They never stop working. That's correct. You know, I've had um, issues with sciatica and about five, about four or five years ago, I finally had to go see a doctor about it and went through a chiropractor and then ended up at a pain doctor and he gave me a couple of injections and that calmed it for a while. And then, so that was like three years ago when I got the shots and then, you know, it never really goes away. So there's always this little bit of stiffness in the back and down and a tiny bit of pain in the hip, but not so much. And, and I found that rolling is the key there to keep that in, in, in check. So, you know, if I, I'll do a half an hour of resets every morning and uh, a lot of breathing, but a lot of rolling. Upper and just the simple rolls, upper body and lower body rolls. I don't do any, none of the elevated stuff or anything. It's not you know, time to get the heart rate up. It's just a matter of keeping the spine moving, cross body stuff. You know, keep the body moving as it's supposed to. And um, and I, after that, I'm able to. Um, move freely the rest of the day it's a great warm-up for golf too so you know a lot of rotational stuff in golf so if you if your back is hurting it's almost impossible to play golf so i was going to ask you how how if, if os had helped your golf game at all it has most definitely since uh you know golf is as a rotational sport if you can't turn you know, your your golf swing just turns into all arms. And I'm sure you've seen golfers that try to play the game thinking, well, I've seen somebody swing a golf club, it's all arms. And no, it, it's a full body movement, just like everything else. And uh, you got to stay strong. You know, it still takes muscles to get the ball down the, down the fairway. The occasional time that I do hit a fairway. So speaking of things you do to keep yourself young and um, healthy, you have always, since I've known you, had a fantastic uh, sense of humor, and yes. and you're always, always, always telling jokes. How how does humor play a role in your just your well being? Well, if if you would have asked any of my students back when I was teaching, they would have looked at me at what I do now and said, "You're you're crazy," because I was. I don't know if I ever smiled when I was teaching class. It was like, you know, if you ever let them know that you're human, that 
you know, they might they might jump all over you and take advantage. So I was, you know, you're always worried about losing control of the class. Now I did gain, I do have a lot of relationships with former students that, you know, they're lifelong relationships, but, um, you know, there's always that humor that I had with friends. And then on Facebook now, it's just, uh, the politics just got got me down. There's so much negativity, so much stuff flowing out that I decided, okay, I'm just gonna post jokes all day. And uh, and so I, I've, I've got a loyal group of people that submit jokes to me now too. So uh, so if you think I'm making up all these jokes, you're wrong. There, there are people sending these to me all day long. But uh, you know, I just, and I've got people from both sides of the political aisle that comment on my jokes and it's just like, okay, that's great. I'm trying to be apolitical in this whole thing. And, uh, but most of my jokes are math and science and puns and things like that. So um, if, you, if you don't know anything about quantum mechanics, you might get half of my jokes would uh, not make much sense, but, uh, but whatever, I enjoy them. Do, do you think uh, humor plays a huge role in, 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 in your well-being or in, in anybody's health and, and oh, ability course. to enjoy life? You know, if, you know, your outlook on life, you could either go through with this sour, sour outlook on life and your whole body is just going to, you know, if you think nasty thoughts, your whole body is going to deteriorate just because there's a joy here that, you know, everything flows from, you know, if you're feeling good, if you're mentally feeling good, your body's going to follow suit. And so, yes, for sure, you know, I'm smiling all the time. You know, I feel good. feels good to feel good. I've heard you say that before. And um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. it. If I can make somebody smile, it's a good day. And if I can make myself smile, it's a better day. Being a little selfish there. I, I love what you do because you've actually got me where if I do go to Facebook, uh, I look for your post because I, I do think there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where it is nice to be able to laugh or, and it's nice to be able to laugh with, with other people. I try to tell intelligent jokes too. So you, you, you have to think about some of them. Uh, a lot of Schrodinger's cat and so on, but uh, if you don't know who Schrodinger is, then okay, fine find the next joke it'll work too but you do you do a great job though of, of shedding a little bit of love and light uh <laughs> on facebook for sure well bob thank you man so much for being on the show today you're welcome you're welcome and it's great seeing you again too thanks for listening everyone have a great weekend